Thanks, and welcome to Ask BBB. A program that gives information from businesses they can trust. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO and the president of BBB Serving Western Ontario. And later in the program, the 12 scams of Christmas. Yes, folks, as soon as December rolls around, the Grinches are out there with all of the festive cheer. And we'll step you through the 12 scams out there in 2017. And last year, we said we'll be more organized for the Christmas season. Well, here we are. If you want to carry through with that pledge, this morning's conversation with professional organizer Tanya Blayert of Organize Just Right will help you make that list and check it twice. And how do you keep that Grinch away? The Grinch stole Christmas. And if the Grinch or anyone steals some of your treasures... Well, it does put a dent in both your budget and your Christmas spirit. Corey Robertson, Director of Marketing for Security One Alarms, a company that has been providing security systems in southwestern Ontario for the past 30 years, joins us this morning with some tips on uh, just things that might help you keep that Grinch at bay. Corey, welcome to the program. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. Uh, Corey, we know that a lot of shopping is done in the next months. And there are nice new electronic gadgets, maybe some jewelry and other must-haves in a lot of our homes. It's a wonderful time of the year and an incentive for thieves. Of course, we want to keep them away. But do some people do things that are almost an invitation to would-be burglars? Oh, absolutely, Linda. Um, there's, a, there's a few things that you should really consider about, from a security point of view, what you do uh, when it comes to Christmas. And, and for most of us, the temptation is you want to set up your beautiful Christmas tree with all your wonderful you know, decorations you've had in the family for years, and you want to put it right in front of that big bay window right in front of the house. And you, some people even drape the curtains just perfectly around it. And then when I'm driving down the street, I can see the Christmas tree and you start to pile the presents up underneath it. And again, in front of that big bay window in the front of the house, that's that's a no-no. So look for a better place in the house. Look for an, a, a corner that's not quite as obvious through those windows. Uh, we'll still get your Christmas spirit when we see your lights around the house, but maybe not make it quite so obvious in the front window that here are some of those gifts that are starting to pile up. Some people um, use extension cords through windows and then leave an opening for burglars as well. Well, sure. Um, and, and getting through the window is uh, is going to be one of the quickest ways. You want to think about at this time of year, really what a criminal is looking for is the easiest way. So it's a real, truly a smash and grab that you're going to find. So if you've made it that easy, if the the presents are right by a window and, and that window is smashable or somebody's left something in previously so that the window can be pried open. Now that makes it easier to simply smash, grab and go. Well, you know, there's a bit of an irony in the fact that we leave milk and cookies out for a special. He's got the code. He's good. Yeah. That guy in the red suit, he knows the codes. Yeah. He's okay. <laughs> and he usually comes through the chimney. But uh, what, what's the most common way for burglars to get into a house? You're going through that front door. You're going through an unattended window. And, and really, you want to take a look around the outside of your property. You're looking for a window that you could be easily accessible. And and one of the things I suggest when you're doing a self-audit of your home is literally try to break into your own home. Look for those weak points. Look for those weak points. So for windows, you're looking for 
consider when it's nighttime. I don't have the light of the moon so much. I don't have the streetlights so much. Is there a tree on the property that I could hide behind? Maybe you've got bushes next to those small basement windows. Is there a corner of the house that maybe the neighbors can't see quite so good? Those are going to be an easy access point that, again, a criminal is looking for the easy way uh, to get in and the easy way to get out. So certainly could come through that bash through that front door or a big window, but also might take the time, one who's a little bit smarter, might try to take the time to look for that place where I'm not likely to be seen. So after we've opened our gifts, do we sometimes let our curbside blue box advertise what's new in our home? (laughs) Oh my goodness, that's exactly what it does. It's exactly what it does. If you consider and the challenge is we want to we want to be good recyclers. We want to be good corporate citizens. Um, but whatever is on your Christmas this list this year, it truly is. It, you're putting out boxes that say you got some new iPads or maybe a big flat screen TV or uh, or 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 the you know the gaming systems, mm-hmm. your PS4s and your Xboxes and whatever the kids are playing these days. But those are now literal um, literal advertisements for the great things that you have. So that's kind of more of a boxing day just after Christmas when you're starting to clean up. Really be careful. So a couple things you can do. Really take a few extra steps to break the box down more than you normally would. Try to turn it back inside out. Yeah. We still like to tie our boxes together. So try to take the time to to really break that box down, then turn it inside out so I'm at least not seeing, uh, so I'm not at least seeing the, the, the ads and the pictures of what it is. Um, and maybe even go one step further, take it to the local uh, recycling place yourself. Hmm. Corey, your company, Security One Alarms, uh, provides systems to make our homes secure. So uh, what are some of the common sense things that we've been talking about? Uh, where do we start if we want to install something like an alarm system sure. besides that common sense? Well, you know, an alarm system, when you've got a monitored security system, uh, you're going to be three times less likely to be broken into. So what you want to do is we create we create these hot zones, I like to call them. I don't necessarily have to do every single uh, area around your house, but I want to consider in this corner of the house, if you're coming through a couple of different windows, I can put in a motion sensor. I can put in some glass break detectors. So I really want to consider on the inside of your house, two things. Again, a criminal looking to smash and grab is going to go to two places, your living room and the master bedroom. Because for all of us, no matter what our status in life is, that's probably where the good stuff is and the stuff that's easy for a criminal to get rid of. So if all I need to do then is consider those two areas in your house, that's where we're going to put motion detectors and we're going to arm the windows and doors around that area as well. So if you're thinking about putting a Security One alarm system on your Christmas wish list, besides keeping the Grinch away... Are there other incentives for installing alarm systems like reduced insurance costs? Oh, absolutely. You're going to, uh, you're going to find that on average uh, you'll have a 15% reduction on your homeowner's insurance premiums just by having a monitored security system. Uh, so some, some great incentives there. You're also um, – security systems are so much more than burglar alarms now as well. You're going to get an element of home automation and energy management, and that's going to save you money on those energy bills. So keep the Grinch away. <laughs> And save money at the same time. Absolutely. Corey Robertson, thank you very much for these timely tips. A pleasure as always, Jim. Thank you. Our guest this morning has been Corey Robertson, Director of Marketing for Security One Alarms and a company that carries an A-plus rating with the BBB. Next, we're going to organize the chaos. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Linda Smith, CEO and President of BBB, serving Western Ontario. This time of year, just about everybody has a list of things to buy and things to do. 
and almost every year we vow we will be more organized next year. Well, this morning we welcome Tanya Blairt of Organize Just Right to help us with that professional approach. Welcome to Ask BBB, Tanya. Thank you so much, Linda and Jim. It's uh, wonderful to be here, and I'm happy to talk about my profession, as I think it's still being misunderstood by a lot of people. All right. Well, let's just start. Organize Just Right is the name of, of your company, Tanya. Uh, how does one become a professional organizer? Well, there is an organization called Professional Organizers of Canada, and they offer courses, and you can write an exam, and if you pass, you actually get the title as a trained professional organizer. POC has, uh, does a lot of education. They have an annual conference. We actually have a chapter here in London, for which I am the treasurer as well, and we have monthly meetings. What are some of the signs that we might want to consider a professional organizer? That's a, that's a great question, Linda. Thank you. Well, in the home, things that we would look for are generally lots of waste of time. People looking for stuff, they can never find their stuff. Therefore, they tend to be late a lot as well for appointments. There are no clear services anywhere. There's stuff piled on tables, on the floor. There's no room to put anything. There's no systems to put anything away. There might be a lot of anxiety and stress around the clutter, people coming home just feeling the tension and just uh, overwhelmed by it. Um, people don't know where to start. They know they need to do something, but they, they don't know where to start. And in extreme instances, it can actually be so bad that people isolate themselves. So if they're isolating themselves because they are embarrassed to invite people in, that's a huge sign that they need some professional help. And then there's things like wasting money on extras you already have. You come home with three boxes of spaghetti and then you find you have already 12 in the back of your pantry and um, closets that are overflowing with, with items and, um, you know, basements that are full with boxes and things that are not being used. And then in the office environment, it could be things like late for meetings uh, because people are wasting a lot of time finding papers. They're loose, losing documents that they need. Uh, to attend the meeting and um, maybe having to call people back all the time because when they get a call, they can't find the paperwork for this person. So they need to go back and look for their information before they, before they can call back. And also uh, what I really like is uh, the floor has become a filing system. So piles of mm -hmm. files and paper on the floor, that's a big sign that you might need some help. And um, the other thing that is a good sign is if you're afraid to invite people into your office because it is so disorganized and, and you're afraid they're going to, you know, comment on that. So those are some of the signs to look for. There's more, but those are some of the important ones. So if I say, excuse the mess, that's a sign maybe that I need to consider getting some things together. Well, the, a mess can be relative, right? Yeah, okay. So a, a mess for one is. person yeah. could be okay, and for yeah. the next it's maybe so, not so, so okay. So how does the service work, Tanya? Do we get coached on what we need to do, or does the professional organizer come in and put everything in its place? How, how does it work? So it could be either way. Uh, quite often it is working with the person, and it's always about good communication. While we're working together, I ask a ton of questions, uh, trying to find out why people want to hold on to things, uh, trying to encourage them to let go of things. Um, and there's, uh, you know, methods to do that. I can also do it for people. If it's busy professionals that are really uh, busy with work, and they just don't have the time and they want it done, I can just do the job. 
again, there's lots of communication going on because I do need to figure out a little bit about how they think of retrieving things so I can um, create a system that will make sense for them. So what should we expect if we hire a professional organizer? Do we change the space we are in or do we change how we do things? So most of the time, it's pretty difficult to change the space. You're not just going to sell your house and move to another house because the space isn't working for you. So most of the time, it's about finding a way to make this space work for this person. And again, in a home, it could be things like maybe changing rooms around, maybe where the home offices should be a bedroom and where the bedroom is should be a home office. Maybe we need some change the furniture, uh, take it from one room, put it in another and just give it uh, a new purpose. Um, it could also be a big one is changing purchasing habits. Uh, for instance, if you love to shop at Costco, but you have a tiny weeny little house with no place to put mm-hmm. things, then it gets very messy and disorganized because, again, stuff ends up on the floor and tables and everywhere. And then obviously uh, the one habit to change would be to perch regularly. And then in an office environment, um, similar things. Again, you cannot always change offices or change the space or the building you're in. So um, maybe the office itself needs to be looked at. Maybe we can change the workflow. Uh, What I see in uh, small offices a lot is inappropriate office furniture. So people have a beautiful desk, you know, maybe a nice glass desk, but there's nowhere to put your items. Um, Or the filing cabinet is in the room next door which is not conducive to keeping your files there. And so people will start piling things on the floor. Um, Creating a filing system that works for the person is also very important. Not one that works for me, but one that works for them. And with filing systems, the simpler you keep them, the better. And people always ask me, well, what's a good filing system? And my answer is one that you will actually use. (laughs) And it's actually interesting because only 80% of the files, uh, the papers that we file gets looked at again. And in the office also perch regularly, and I would say at least once a year. Tanya, um, what are some of the things we should consider if we are going to hire a professional? What should we look at? Okay, well, I get asked the question, usually the first question is how much do you charge? I think that should be the last question question that people ask because, uh, first of all, you want to make sure that you are dealing indeed with a professional organizer, somebody who did get the training um, who did make the take the exam, uh, somebody who's taking it seriously. It's not just a part-time hobby, but it's something they do full-time. And uh, it's important to find out how long have they been in business? Have they just started and they're just, you know, trying to figure out what they want or do they actually know what they're talking about? And, uh, you know, how committed are they to their business? Uh, obviously, being accredited with the BBB speaks volumes, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that shows that a business is very committed to their customer service and to their results. And um, it's it's very important for people to meet the person they want to work with because it can get very personal when we get into people's homes. I get into people's underwear drawers. Um, so when you when you work with somebody, you really need to be comfortable and confident that the person will um, will respect you and will work with you. And your company is organized just right, and thank you very much for organizing this into your day today to be with us, Tanya. <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate it very much. Our guest has been Tanya Blairt of Organized Just Right. And in this time of lists, we'll be back with the 12 Scams of Christmas. 
Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Linda Smith. And I'm Jim Swan. Linda is the CEO and president of BBB Serving Western Ontario. And now, a Christmas tradition, the 12 Scams of Christmas. Linda, this has become a tradition that we do the 12 scams, and they've been gathered up against for 2017, eh? For the savvy consumerism, uh, the BBB offers our 12 scams. All right, let's cut them down. Number 12. Malware e-cards. Viruses and malware often travel in email attachments or links. Don't click on emails from somebody you don't know or a name you don't recognize. When in doubt, delete. Number 11. Stranded grandkids. It's the classic grandparent scam. If your grandchild or relative or friend calls or emails to say they were robbed or hurt overseas, check before wiring money. The 10th scam of Christmas. Pickpockets. Keep your purse or wallet secure when shopping. Don't get overburdened or put shopping bags down, even for a moment. Thieves are watching. On the nine, the ninth scam of Christmas. Uh, stolen gift cards. Buy gift cards only from reputable dealers, not online or from individuals. It's easy for a scammer to sell you the card and then pull off the funds before you can even give it as a gift. The number eight scam at Christmas. Santa scammers. What could be jollier than a letter from Santa addressed directly to your child? Make sure the site is real and not gathering your data for identity theft purposes. And the seventh scam of Christmas. Fake charities. Charities count on end of giving at the end of the year, so please be generous if you can. But be careful, too, because scammers set up fake charities with similar-sounding names. And the sixth scam of Christmas. Online ads for hot toys and gadgets. When stores sell out, you might find the item online on different websites than the official retailers, but for much steeper prices. Some sellers will take your money and run, leaving you without the gift or money to buy it elsewhere. It's easy to mimic a real website with logos and terminology. Red flags, HTTP, not the more secure HTTPS. No contact information, or asking for payment by wire or money card. And the fifth scam at Christmas time? Travel scams. With the busy holiday travel, bargains may be tempting. Be cautious when booking through online ads, never wire money to someone you don't know, and ask for references. And the number four scam at Christmas time? Romance scams. Everyone wants a special someone under the mistletoe, so holidays are prime time for scams. Be careful with an online sweetheart who gets too cozy too fast or asks for money. That's good advice anytime. <laughs> Number three. Puppy scams. Be very careful buying pets online, especially during the holidays. You may get a puppy mill pooch with problems, or you may get nothing at all because it was a scam. And the number two scam on the BBB 12 scams of Christmas list is... Social media gift exchanges. This trending scam happens on Facebook or Instagram and sounds like a great deal. Purchase one gift and get 36 in return. Some people have even posted photos of the gifts they've received. However, this scam relies on constantly recruiting new participants, making it mathematically impossible to sustain. 
This seasonal scam is actually a pyramid scheme, which is illegal. And the number one scam on the BBB list of the 12 scams of Christmas is... The Mystery Shopper Scam. A text message from a stranger entices you to take up some easy part-time work, which promises $400 or more for every assignment you complete. In reality, it's an employment scam that uses fraudulent checks that also fishes for your financial information and leaves you empty-handed and with an empty wallet. Well, there they are for 2017, the 12 scams of Christmas from BBB. And Linda, they're available on uh, the BBB website, right? Yeah, remember to check out BBB.org to look up a business, file a complaint, write a customer review, report a scam, read about our 12 scams of Christmas, read tips, follow us on social media, and much more. And of course, you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBB Western ONT. And if you're interested in becoming a Better Business Bureau accredited business, call us or go online to bbb.org backslash western hyphen Ontario and become part of one of the largest business networks in North America. Well, Linda, that's it for this week. So until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.